You're listening to a mighty fortress. A mighty fortress is our God, our trusty shield and weapon. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Mighty Fortress. I'm your host, Knight Jake. A Mighty Fortress is an Australian confessional Lutheran podcast produced by the Order of Knight George. If you'd like to find any of the other content of the Order of Night George, you can find us on either SoundCloud, iTunes, or YouTube. Just search for the Order of Night George. Or better yet, you can go to our website, www.nightgeorge.info. We'd also like to ask people to help support the Order of Night George by heading over to our Patreon and supporting us there. We're, again, easy to find. Just go to Patreon and search the Order of Night George. Um, Any support is greatly appreciated. Now on today's episode, I'm continuing with my series uh, called To The Rose, which is a series where I interview people who aren't born and raised Lutherans as to why and how they joined the Lutheran Church. And joined with me today is Alan McIntyre. G'day, Jake. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm very well, sir. Very well. Thank you for having me. So, for the listeners, Alan is not a member of the Lutheran Church of Australia, the biggest Lutheran church in Australia, but he is connected with the Redeemer Christian Fellowship. Is that correct? That's right. With uh, Yeah, Father Troy, Bishop Troy, down in Ringwood, Melbourne. You're a deacon, correct? Correct, yep. That is my role. Ordained in the Order of Deacon, yep. Yeah, so just to clarify for most listeners, because most people in Australia, when they hear the term deacon, they think of the equivalent of the lay elders in our church. Right. But if I'm correct, your position is more of an assistant pastor. Yes, that would be, yeah, uh, the kind of role that I'm fulfilling, yes. Yeah, so you're ordained into the office of the ministry. Correct, yep, through the laying out of hands with apostolic succession. Yeah, so you guys use the term deacon similar to how the Catholics and Anglicans and Orthodox use it? Uh, I think so, yes. I've never really had any contact with them, but my understanding is that's the same, yes. So do you want to just take a quick moment to tell the listeners a bit about Redeemer Christian Fellowship? Oh, yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, We're just a small little group that's been growing steadily over the last uh, 18 months that I've been involved with it. Um, We did have a location move at the end of 2017 um, due to various reasons and that's only proved more fruitful for, for our growth. Um, being able to contact certain people, uh, some particularly we moved to Ringwood because there was some people that didn't actually have transport and lived in Ringwood so that was why that decision was made. Um, but yeah, we just we meet at a six o'clock on a Sunday afternoon in a hall at near Bedford Park near the Ringwood High School and um, meet there, have have service and have coffee and biscuits afterwards and yeah, it's it, it's great. I love it. So you guys um, you guys use the name Redeemer Christian Fellowship, but just to clarify for the listeners, you are considered a Lutheran church? Well yeah, it's with the um I think Father Troy calls it we use the Lutheran Rite from the Swedish Church. The Swedish Rite, I think. Um, we're more connected via that way than, obviously, like you said, through the ALC or um, any American branch. Um, but yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd say traditionally Lutheran, yeah. 
Cool. So what would set you apart um, from other Lutheran churches in Australia? So what would be a striking difference between you guys and, say, the other Lutheran churches in Australia, apart from your size? Yeah, well, I think predominantly the main difference would be um, having uh, genuine apostolic succession and, from my understanding, from the ALC. You mean the LCA? Just really staying... LCA, sorry, yeah, yeah, and just really standing firm on, on that and a uh, real strong point against uh, women's ordination as well. Cool. So, Alan, I brought you on for this episode to talk about your journey to Lutheranism. So yeah. how about we just start with your faith journey? Have you always been a Christian? Yeah, I, I have. Well, the yeah, majority of my life. I, I grew up in a, a Christian home. I had great parents. Um, I was adopted into a... a family that couldn't have children and I ended up being the only child. My mother was a missionary for 10 years in, in Papua New Guinea in the 60s and my dad had always served as a Sunday school superintendent as they were called back in the day um, and they married quite late and then um, when they couldn't have children they adopted me and uh, got to grow up in this that awesome home and, but, yeah, and that, that was a Methodist home in which um, after the Uniting Church came about. They left that and joined a Wesley Methodist Church when I became a, uh, when I was an early teenager. Okay, and where did you go from there? So, basically, what we're trying to find is how you went from being a Methodist uh, teenager up until uh, Lutheran deacon. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. um, it's a pretty. It's not a very exciting journey. It's a slow and painful one more for me. It's been <laughs> my, my journey. I, I'd always had a, a spiritual sense. I, yeah, being brought up in a spiritual home where we read the Bible every night and prayed around the table. I had a, always had a strong presence of God in my life. I was always aware of that. I was always the kid at the public school that had to answer the Bible question, that kind of thing. Went to the big introduction for me going to the Wesley Methodist Church was this really strong youth movement. They had youth camps a couple of times a year that was always a couple of hundred kids and it was always a lot of fun. And That was where I really started finding personal growth and, and trusting God in Jesus. And um, that began, I suppose, the real struggle that ended up with me leaving. But it was just, a, it was always a journey of, how would you say, it ended up a journey of always trying to gain credit with God. Um, from the, I look back from the very beginning, it was always about trying to make God happy, not just out of a sense of joy, but out of a And I don't know if it was directly the Wesleyan teaching, but it always it came across to me as I always had to make God happy. Uh, so the youth camps experience, experiences were great, but they'd always leave you. Eventually, you'd let yourself down after trying to be super Christian and something would go wrong. And so you'd pull your socks up again and get back on with it. Um, when I became a late te- teenager, I, I left school and went to work and was still involved in the church at our Wesley Methodist Church in Sydney, where I grew up. And that was good. And again, I joined this club called 100 Plus, which was run by, uh, the, I think, the superintendent at the time of the whole Wesley Methodist denomination. And that was really great. I, I loved it. But at the same time, it always led to me falling flat on my face and have to pull my socks up again and, and go again. Um, always feeling like I've let God down. 
some reason. And, and this 100 plus was people that were sold out, 100 plus for God. And, you know, so that was a great motivation. It's an awesome thing to try and do. Um, really good bunch of guys. No, there's nothing wrong with any of these guys, and but it was just always, for me, a really hard struggle. Um, and particularly, I remember as a, going to work, I became an electrical apprentice in Chatswood, working around northern suburbs of Sydney. And I remember going to work on the bus once, and I, and I can still take my mind back to that very spot, going up the hill on the bus and really wanting to sell out and really wanting to be 100 plus for God and just feeling the absolute despair of not being able to reach it, knowing in myself that it was just impossible. I could never 100% be sold out because I had this sinful nature in me. It was always there, always there and I could I could never defeat it. And, and this particular Wesley Methodist church that had always... They were, they were talking about the second blessing always and that freedom in the Holy Spirit and um, yeah, being sinless as such as they put it. And I just, for me, I just always knew it was not saying the other people, people were lying, but how I understood it, it was never this thing that I could attain. And, and I always wanted to attain it to please God, to get brownie points, get that gold stamp, get that credit. Um, so that was a really despairing moment for me. And, uh, and looking back, I did walk away from the church there for a while. I had a, a Christian girlfriend who was, um, she was also a pastor's kid and, and she eventually talked me back around and said, Look, you, you know what you've got to do. And I know she was under the same sort of convictions as well, looking back, but it was just something eventually. So, you know, after a couple of years away from the church, I pulled my socks up, got back in and I was a good guy again. Here's Alan back at church, doing the right thing with his girlfriend. Here we go, going to go serve the Lord. And I head off to Melbourne to go to Bible College, which is where I actually met Father Troy at the time. We lived two units apart from each other. Um, became really great mates. Yeah, spent a lot of time with each other. Um, sometimes just cruising around Melbourne streets, having a lot of fun. <laughs> it was good, good times, good memories. Um, so that was early '94. Um, but the, you know, the journey continued. I, I struggled with study. I was never a student. I've never been a student. Always been a, a hands-on worker. Not that I was any good at that, but don't tell anyone. I get away, get away with it sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, and so we joined a Wesleyan Methodist church in Melbourne and out of, out of Hillsville, northern, north, eastern suburbs of Melbourne and did that for a while. And again, the struggle continued and me and my wife at that stage both thought of leaving the church and, and we stumbled across this uh, big charismatic church, big Pentecostal church in the eastern suburbs. And so we started going there and again wanting to fulfill our dreams of serving God. We we um, get really involved and we even move house, live in a shed for years to try and get involved in a church plant. And it seemed like God was moving and then all of a sudden it seemed like it just really disappeared and were left there struggling again. And just this, this uh, story just seemed to continue over and over. And at this time, I started a business and I had typically in a charismatic way someone prophesy over my business and told me I was going to be, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I believed it. I wanted to believe it. My, you know, my nature within me my, wanted to believe what this guy said because it was, meant that I was going to be the big wheel. I was going to be the guy that could fulfill all my dreams for God. 
you know, not his dreams for me, but my dreams for him. Um, and that was a story that was fed to me, and that's the story that was continually fed and is still being fed by a lot of people. And, and that particular one I believed, and, and that led me down a close to 20-year journey, which that 15-year journey, which kind of almost ended in complete disaster in 2013, um, where everything just completely fell over because I was trusting in this so-called prophecy than I was trusting in smart business principles because this is what God had said, apparently. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I should be trusting what God said. Um, and I suppose along those lines, growing up, it's a good Methodist too. I'd always believed, been a Bible-believing Christian, as they say in these evangelical, charismatic kind of scenes. We call ourselves Bible-believing Christians. Um, it was always important to me. Um, funny how that knowledge that I had as a kid had disappeared over time, being part of the charismatic movement for 15 years. and It was funny when around that time we, we moved and my son joined a Catholic primary school. It was the only one we could get him into in the area. And we went to this thing and they're saying the Lord's Prayer. And I, I, mean, I couldn't even remember that. And here's my son. He could remember it from school because they're saying it every day. Wow, what's this all <laughs> Why can't I remember this? I've known this all my life and I can't even remember it. But um, so anyway, the... the faith journey really, really hit a wall in because this supposed dream prophecy that had been given to me and of, of the tickled my dreams, scratched my itching ears, just completely fell apart and we lost a lot of money and you know, some of which I'm still paying back today. You know, it, it was a big, big struggle, big, big struggle. But, you know, like we, we were getting through it. I, I remember just reaching out to God, just going, what the heck, you know, what's going on here? This is just, this is not right. Something's completely wrong with this. What do I do? Do I just give up? Do you want me to go into ministry? What do you want me to do? Um, and there was a number of small miracles that happened along the way. I had people give me plenty of work out of the blue. Um, all these things. God never left me in all of this. You know, just little things like this happened. I just uh, work appeared. People started coming back into my life, like Father Troy when the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl, knowing that he was from Denver, I, I just cold called him out of the blue. I hadn't spoken to him in about five years. <laughs> I just, he didn't even know it was me. Uh, so we kind of reconnected with there, and I found out he was part of a Lutheran church. And I'm going, oh, okay, right what's that kind of kind of thing I said? Uh, whenabouts was that? This is so, so around 2014, I think it was, 15, 14, 15. And we moved at that time, so we went and we finally got enough money to get back into the housing market, and we moved up to the northern suburbs of Melbourne. And this is all when it really began, just sort of just before the Christmas before that, a son, this was the real trigger. My son, had, one of my stepsons had come home with, at Christmas, with a video uh, that was apparently meant to debunk completely Christianity. We're all there as a family, and most of us were Christians, and it turned out to be the Zeitgeist movie. Um, which had all the whole thing about um, the sun god Ra and Mithras and all that. And I thought it was interesting, didn't believe it. I thought it was very interesting. But he, for him, that was the greatest thing ever. It was his freedom to get away from God and the church. And, and it always stuck with me because I just knew that it was, yeah, I knew it was dead focus, basically. Um, but it always stuck with me anyway. So we moved to, moved out to Whittlesea and I'm working, you know, earning my money back and we stayed in a joined a local charismatic church because that's all we really knew at the time and uh 
friend of mine put a post up from this thing called Fighting for the Faith. And it was about the Zeitgeist movie. And I'm just going, what the heck is this? It was just on Facebook. And I've talked to him about it. He doesn't even remember it. This was probably yeah, early 2015. So I've listened to that. And I mean, I thought it was hilarious, but at the same time, it was like, oh, here's some really good tools, really good information um, that I could use. And um, But I was blown away by Pastor Chris's expression that he said, you know, I um, can't remember how exactly he puts it. He goes, I don't want you to come with an open mind. I want you to come with an open Bible and prove me wrong. Well, being a good Bible-believing charismatic, I was thought, this is great. I'm going to challenge this guy in my lack of knowledge and no idea. And I just listened and listened and listened and listened. And I probably listened to every episode over the next three years. Went back right to the very beginning and just swallowed it up. Absolutely swallowed it up and just really, yeah, since the business fell apart, it just had such a, it was like a a gift from God. It was really a gift from God that snapped me out of that. Um, selfishness and back on track with him and um, and fighting for the faith was really the big key to that. It's, um, just hearing biblical teaching and going through the Bible, something I'd grown up on but just had lost and, and just never... And, here, now, and this is the other thing, I suppose, Lutherans will understand, just hearing law and gospel for the first time. Wow. It, it just changed me. It still, in my heart, I can just feel that just the the peace from it. Um, just before we moved also out to the northern suburbs, I went to this, people would know Belgrave Heights, from Melbourne would know Belgrave Heights Convention. I went there just trying to do, the, and it was out of trying to do the right thing. Everything had fallen apart. Here we go, I've got to do the right thing again, get God to bless me. And there was a guy there who was a Presbyterian Bible College principal in Sydney. And all I can remember was he said, you can never put God in a position where he owes you. You know, and just, the laughableness of that, the, the, the ridiculousness of that. And, and that's when I really realised what I'd been doing the whole time. And I probably, I don't think, from the peace of that, and it's funny, from the peace and the assurance of that, I probably didn't pick up my Bible again for another six months. Just because I think for the first time in my life I had assurance. I had peace. I, had, I knew that I was a Christian and I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to earn God's favour to feel like a Christian. I just knew that I was because I believed that was an amazing moment as well. So anyway, back around 2015-16, now I'm, I'm listening and hearing things about the sacraments, um, hearing things about baptism. Another big crucial one was when he, one of their earlier episodes, he introduced uh, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller and, and they talk about baptism and infant baptism. And, and uh, yeah, that was, that was probably the really, the tipping point for me when I realised, okay, this is something I've, I've got to seriously look into because um, I'd never, I'd never been a, in, what's the word, drawn to Calvinism, that kind of line. It was, that was a lot easily, a lot more easily accessible, I suppose, to go down the Calvinist line. But I'd never really, I'd never wanted to go that way. Maybe it was my Armenian background, but I just didn't, didn't, and still really struggle with it. Um, but then, uh, yeah, well, again with reconnecting with Father Troy. And saying he had a Lutheran church, I thought, oh, you know, I should go out. And we were chatting more and more. And then I went to the Pirate Christian Conference in Australia, which was held mid-2017 up here up in Manly. And that was it. And then from there, I never went back.
church. I, I joined uh, Father Troy's church that at the time was in Craigieburn. And, and yeah, really haven't looked back from there. And that's kind of it, really, in a nutshell. <laughs> it's boring, it was painful, but it's, that's that's my journey. It was just one of finding Jesus in, in the gospel, which I'd never really found my whole life. And so with your journey through like Wes, um, like Wesleyan Methodist and through the charismatic movement, you talk about trying to make God happy and trying to pull yourself up by your own socks. It was probably more a focus on sanctification rather than justification. Yeah, I, 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 I'd probably agree with that. It really was about... The, the the attainment of this second blessing they talk about the holiness thing, and it was definitely and it's definitely there, not so much in the same terms, but definitely an undercurrent of of pleasing God for different motives in the charismatic church, but it's still there, pleasing God in, in the charismatic movement. It's more to get you know physical blessings, whether they call it prosperity or not. It's it's definitely about you know having better this and better that, and, and that's why you've got yeah you've got to tithe. That's why you've got to put, you know, make sure you're tithing. How can God bless you if you can't put your money in? That kind of stuff. And it's all genuinely there. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a cliche. It's genuinely what they say. And yeah, they, and they were the real struggles that I, that it left me with. That that would always leave me in despair. And um, eventually, I'd get it back around and pull me socks up. And here we go. And got to get back on track with God and make sure He's happy with me. <laughs> Oh, jeez. It was miserable. It really was. It was 40 years of misery. It really was in my faith. So would it be correct to say that, like, the main difference probably between Lutheranism and the other denominations you were a part of was that with the other denominations, it was very you-focused and you-centered, what you had to do for God, whereas Lutheranism is more Christ-focused and Christ-centered and speaks about what Christ has actually done for you? hundred percent. I think the best explanation I've got, and I've actually got the point saved on a video, um, it's just a beautiful thing. Actually, it made me cry the first time I heard it. Pastor Wolfmuller's, I think it's like an hour and a half long video in front of an audience, I think, of, at a Lutheran school, and he's talking about his book, Has American Christianity Failed? It's at about the 40-minute mark. <laughs> I've got it saved. He, he talks about when he met this woman in McDonald's. And she comes up and says, what's the difference between uh, your church, uh, Lutheran church and the Baptist? And he just says, well, your church, they, they, they probably you know, accept Jesus into their heart. They um, do all this stuff and it's all about doing stuff. And she goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, the Lutheran church, basically, he, he basically sums it up and says, Jesus has done all that for us. You know, Jesus accepts us into our, into his heart. He's the one that died for us. Yeah. And it was just, it's just the most succinct, beautiful explanation of, of why I became a Lutheran. It's just, I, everyone should look that up. They should find that. It's just, it, and he actually made a little clip of it as well, a little video in one of his, um, in, in his videos on YouTube. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just a beautiful explanation. Cool. And so when about did you decide to... Ah, become a deacon for Redeemer. But that's been yeah. a, a bit of an up and down journey as well, I suppose. Um, I think it's just always been, I've had this calling to be in some form of ministry. Always be doing something for the church. 
the reason I moved to Melbourne was to go to Bible college because I've had this kind of calling. I felt this calling all my life, and I'd actually um, spent the last two years at, a, at another Bible college in Melbourne. Uh, I did a year and a half full time, and now I'm picking it up part time. Um, and just really wanting to serve and, and Father Troy. I mean, we're not like a big church; not like we really need an extra person to, to help out. But just more, I think, to support for him and just taking some of the pressure off and, and helping. And yeah, and I love it. I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. It's um, been a huge blessing for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the opportunity. Sometimes we go the, the full robes. Um, we've, we've shared services with a few other people, which is good. We just had a uh, uh, Free Church of England baptism. We shared a service with a very good friend of ours. Um, so, I mean, that probably upset some people, but we, we're trying to have at least some kind of union with other, other smaller churches who are basically same, down the same vein as us. And um, Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I love it. It's just been so beautiful and such a, an awesome experience to experience liturgy. It's never been part of my life. Never. I've never had it. I've can't remember even going to a service and hearing it once in my life, like, except for, oh, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, one experience, I went to a Catholic church at Easter, and that's about all I can remember. Remember, And, uh, and I've just found being in a liturgical service and being part of that too has been just amazing. and It's, it's such a good memory tool as well. It helps you pray, just remembering the liturgy and, and going through and, you know, with the Lord's Prayer and the confessions and the, and the creeds. It's just been awesome. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> cool. Well, that quite an amazing uh, journey from Methodism to Lutheranism. I, it's good to have you as you know part of the Lutheran flock. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I think part of what I bring, <clears throat> excuse me, what I bring is my normalness. I'm not an exceptional person. I'm just very normal. And I realised that probably five or six years ago. I'm just like, just your normal tradesman. That's just who I am. And I'm a normal Aussie tradesman who has his life struggles. I've no, you know, illusions of anything grand. Or, you know, I just want to run my business and be a good dad, be a good husband, um, be part of the church. So, yeah, you say amazing. Like, it was just such, been such a long struggle to get here. But now I've having, having Christ freedom and in, in the gospel for the first time in my life has been just a massive freeing experience in my life it's been awesome yeah so yeah i find it funny you say it amazing <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought it was amazing i would have thought it was just it's a massive arm wrestle through my life with my own pride and and uh beating myself up so many times <laughs> i think the amazing part is that you know actually have come across that I know, true Christian teaching about Christ dying for us and the whole balance between law and gospel and a correct understanding of justification. I mean, Luther did a great gift for the world by rediscovering this and starting the Reformation and a great gift when each one of us can discover that same truth that he discovered when reading Scripture. Yeah, and I think that's that's the other really thing that I've, I've loved out of becoming a Lutheran is just knowing it's not a philosophy. We're not, we're not trying to put anything over God's word. It's just 
really, and this is what I've been able to share with my son going through the, cate- the catechism with him. Just, you know, we just have to trust. It's just God's word. It's not a philosophy over God's word. It's not an opinion. It's just it, this is what it says. We just trust it, and that's just again, that's just amazing relief. We don't have to try and. Yeah, it's hard to know, and it takes a lifetime to understand. But it's also very simple, and it's and it's understanding. If it says this is my body, well, this is my body. If it says baptism saves, then well, baptism saves, and that's just great. But do we have to understand it? No. Is it is it something that we can look into? Absolutely. You can spend a lifetime doing that, and that's that's awesome as well. It's a great gift from God to be able to search the scriptures, but. The relief, again, of just trusting what it says is huge. Well, thanks, Alan, for coming on, and thanks for sharing your story with us. No, mate, it's my pleasure. I've listened to a few of them, a few of them now. I felt quite, yeah, I felt like, I was going, why do you want to talk to me? <laughs> You've had some great guests on. Uh, I like the old Outback Barrier, and I love him, and met him in Sydney. He was great. And your last guest, I can't remember your name, his name. He's another intelligent guy. Yeah, no, all these intelligent guys you have on, and I'm just your average tradesman. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm your wannabe theologian. <laughs> uh, it's probably it's, I find it funny then that you mention um, uh, Eric Peterson, the Outback Berean, because that's 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 what he goes for too. He's not a big time Lutheran theologian. He's just a simple, humble Aussie man. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, yeah, great, awesome. Well, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, and thanks thanks again for inviting me. You're welcome. And if anybody would like to check out the Redeemer Christian Fellowship, their website is, uh, I've got it here, redeemercf.worthyofpraise.org. Or you can find their church by just looking at Redeemer Christian Fellowship on Facebook. Cool. And I've been your host, Knight Jake. Goodbye and God bless. Great.